0: We wouldn't be able to keep this archive going without your support. Donate online today at wyxr.org. Austin for Faithfully in Memphis. I am the communications person, that's what a lot of people call me, the communications person for the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. And each week, every Thursday morning, we come to you from our... Radio Home, WYXR, here in Crosstown, to bring you conversations about faith and the way that it intersects with people's lives from a variety of perspectives. And right now, we are in the midst of a... Well, actually, I don't know if I want to say in the midst. We are at the very beginning of a series about women in the church, women in the church. That's something that I think when I was growing up, um, in a certain tradition, uh, I didn't see a lot of people like me, uh, represented in, at the front of the altar, um, or in any kind of leadership position. But, uh, Happily and blessedly, I'm in a place in my life now where I have found a spirituality that is fully inclusive, or at least it tries to be. And during this series, we're talking with other inspirational women who maybe they aren't necessarily in lay leader or they aren't necessarily in clerical leadership in their church, but they are certainly making an impact on um, our communities of faith here in Memphis and in the United States and all over the place. Um, Yes, last week we had um, a wonderful conversation that I would commend to you. And this week I have on my friend, my colleague, someone who I really look up to, Blair Evans. Hey, Blair. Good morning. How are you? I'm good.
1: How are you? I'm doing really good. Good. Thank you. That was such a nice... Intro and I I'm, I can't believe that I'm being placed in a group of women who you claim to be
0: inspirational. That's um, that's lovely. Yeah, you are. You are definitely someone who I aspire to be like. You're gonna make me cry. If for we ever no other reason, <laughs> if for no other reason that you, I I mean, I hope it's okay that I share this on the air. But um, when you came into the studio this morning, you were kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I. I you're like, you're a lot like me in that I like order um, and I like to feel on top of things. And a lot of times life thwarts us a little bit. And you said, oh, man, I had planned on being here maybe 15 minutes earlier. But, you know, there it's rainy this morning in Memphis and Crosstown Concourse is a big place. And- Bustling and, and bustling, and parking is not free <laughs> as it used to be. And so you came in, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a little. I'm sorry that I'm not uh, exactly where I wanted to be." And I'm like, "Okay, that just puts me at ease because that's me too." A hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, the
1: last thing I would have wanted to do is cause you concern.
0: Oh lady what is concern if I mean that that's that's I think that we throw that out the moment we have babies right it, that is definitely accurate yes yeah yeah so you and I have known each other for a while just from uh, being we're both members of Church of the Holy Communion um, here in Memphis. But I think that I've spent more time with you within a context of uh, St. Columba Episcopal Center, which you are currently um, the board chair for St. Columba. I actually just stepped down. Okay, gotcha.
1: But that that was effective in January, so...
0: Oh, gotcha. Well, yeah. but you're still heavily involved yes, and have and been for, for a long time at St. Columba. And of course, St. Columba is a uh, ministry of the Diocese of West Tennessee. So our paths cross a lot. But the the I remember the first time I really kind of the, the first memory of you that took hold in my brain was uh, during the pandemic, this would have been 2020, and I was serving um, and in a communications role for Church of the Holy Communion at the time. And and that boy was that a that was just a time. Yes. And so we were having to move basically everything that we were uh, th- that we were doing. I mean, this was this was during lock like a capital Height L of the lockdown. lockdown, and so that meant Children's Chapel was on live. Uh, that meant worship was online we were you know everything and you made a video for children's chapel um a- and i remember you were in your kitchen making some food i don't Soup. it yes. yes okay that's what i thought it was yes and i was like wait a minute blair Bla- i think that sometimes i get it in my mind and we get it in our mind that if you're going to be active in children's ministry, it probably means that you either have an education background, like a professional background, or you are actively parenting young children. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but those are not things that you are doing right now. No,
1: actually, my, I, we have a son who's 23 um, and has been super active in the church, but um, as you can appreciate... Um, when he was much younger, he didn't want me anywhere close to the, the formation classrooms. He didn't want me in class with him or yeah. certainly not teaching. Yeah. Um, so it has been something that I have discovered as he, I kind of followed him behind, well mm-hmm. enough behind, um, but I followed him through formation. So when he started in high school, I started teaching at middle school formation mm-hmm. um, and I just Found that I loved it. Yeah, and I I have a very um, white collar, very formal uh, profession. Yeah, Um, and so getting to literally get down on the floor with the kids on Mm -hmm. Sunday morning and talk about God and talk about Jesus and hopefully lead them in ways that my Sunday school teachers led me Mm -hmm. so many years ago is just—it's—it's the highlight of my week. And there are a lot of people who say. I mean, I was a horrible middle schooler, as my mother can attest. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, it, it's, it's it's a tough time. It's a really it's a tough time. it's a really tough time for everyone involved. But I have found yes, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: I have found that I. I think it's it's my inner middle schooler because mm. I I relate to those kids and yeah. and they're feeling awkward and they're they're trying to figure out the social scene and yeah. trying to figure out how to talk about their feelings and about their faith while still appearing cool to their yeah. their friends um, and trying to convince themselves that they are cool absolutely which oh, they are so important they
0: are all so cool they are. So much cooler than they think they, they are. are. We're, you know what? I think we're all cooler than we think we are. We we, need, are. we all just need to like lean into. You know what? The quirks are the things that make us, us us and they are they are the things that make us good, and that's why we have our tribes. Yes, we may not be for everybody,
1: but our tribe does love us, mm. and that is huge. But the the formation thing has been a, a real revelation to me because. I was a religion major at Swanee. Really? And I um, really? knew I wanted to go to law school, but I yeah. found it fascinating. Yeah. And have kind of toyed over the years with going to seminary. So I embarked on the EFM course. Yes. Um, about, I guess it's, I started in 2017. So and
0: I think that we've maybe on the show, we've talked about EFM uh-huh. a little bit, but I'm... Um, Can you give a little explanation of what it is? Because I think that even those who are in our uh, Episcopal community here in Memphis aren't entirely clear on what it is. Definitely. It's one
1: of those things that you hear about frequently in the church, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a given, but if you don't delve into it a little further. EFM is education for ministry, Mm -hmm. and unlike what a lot of people think, it is not a means to an end. It is not... This is my first step toward going to seminary right, or right. Be- becoming a deacon or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is strictly education for you to mm-hmm. to explore and discover what your ministry is. So I I started EFM, kind of thinking that I might want to go to seminary and that it might lead me in that path on that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I discovered through four years of study is. I really like my ministry with the kids. Yeah. And yeah. that is really where I feel called. Wow, um, the yeah. program is four years. It's intense study. Yeah, it's a lot it's, of reading. It's a lot of it's reading. It's a commitment. It is. It is. The first year, you generally are studying the entire New, uh, Old Testament, mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. year is Old New Testament. Excuse me, I'm getting them flip flopped. Um, the third year is history of the church and history of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And the fourth year is theology. The fourth year was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can now say I have read the entire Bible, which I could not have said before yeah. EFM. Um, but the best part of the class was A, figuring out what my ministry truly is. Yeah. And then B the interactions with the other people who are in EFM. People that I may have known tangentially. People who are members of my parish, people who are members of other parishes, Mm -hmm. um, totally different perspectives, totally different walks of life. One of the biggest blessings of that four years was um, I became good friends with Luella Benton, who is a member of Emanuel. She's... She's a force. She's a beautiful. You're exactly right. She's a force.
0: You know, I'm like, man, I need to get her in on this series. Women in the church, fantastic, Mm. Willa. If you're listening, you're going to get a call from me later today. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: that the EFM kind of crystallized for me what I think I probably already knew. Yeah. Um, I I just turned 55. And so the idea, although Randy McCloy proved to us that you can go to seminary whenever you want.
0: um, And
1: Marilyn Aaronsburg, for that matter. Um, But I I think I've decided I'm sticking with my profession. I've put an awful lot of years into it. Yeah. But I I love being with the kids. That's the best part of my
0: week. let's talk a little bit about that profession if you if you want to sure, sure. um so you're a litigator i am um you have and you're not a, you're you're a big deal <laughs> I, to me at least i'm because i i remember when i was a young woman not, i when i was you know a teenager there was a a law school uh drop in my brain Mm -hmm. I thought that that might be the direction see you doing that well um thank thank you (laughs) (laughs) but but double-edged sword yeah it 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 wouldn't it would not have been good (laughs) if we would be in a lot of trouble if Emily (laughs) Austin had gone into a legal profession I am always interested in what made you choose that was it something that you felt led to also I mean, in the high-stakes kind of game that you're playing, I cannot imagine that there are a lot of women like you who exercise the kind of power... I, I hate using that word, but you you have a lot of influence. and And you have had to probably compartmentalize a lot of different parts of your life in order to get to where you are. And I see sometimes... The way that I perceive as a woman wanting those different parts of myself, like wanting to enjoy those different parts of me, like being professionally, um, achieving, having like having a robust family life, having a balanced faith life, those sometimes I think that in my own mind, you you can't have all of those things. And sometimes I think that you really can't. It's hard to balance it all. So, anyway, that's kind of my word salad of like what led you to it, and how has it how has it been weaving your own spirituality and your own theology throughout your career? That is is word salad, and there's a whole lot to unpack. There. Yeah, sorry um, about that. No, that no, that's, no, 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 no. It's it, it's all that's really why I went. That, that was the English major in <laughs> me. <laughs>
1: See, I told you you could have gone to
0: law school. Uh, well, um, I, what led me to it?
1: You know, I I wanted to be a lawyer from the time literally I can remember being second grade and talking to a friend of mine who also ended up going to law school. Um, And we planned our own law firm. I had a grandfather who was a lawyer, but actually sold insurance. He didn't actively practice. But Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of what made it seem like it was a possibility. Um, And to be honest, I, I have the luxury and the blessing of having two very strong, hardworking parents who were a hundred percent supportive of whatever I did. Wow. Yeah. But when I had when it was clear that I really wanted to go to law school, they were extremely supportive. Um could not have had a better home environment for mm-hmm. that. Um, I did end up going to law school in my hometown of Little Rock and mm-hmm. so having them there as a support network was unbelievable. Yeah. Um and my, my sisters too were fantastic. Um it you know it has weaving my faith into my career has been challenging at times. I started as a as a prosecutor actually mm-hmm. um for my first three years of practice and then have been in private practice ever since. And it's been this year is 30 years. Wow that I've been practicing um the the faith part is difficult and sometimes impossible um i represent banks and uh, financial institutions in litigation matters of litigation a lot of um representing banks in bankruptcy court when an individual or a corporation files bankruptcy i will go to court to protect mm-hmm. the bank's interests um commercial loan defaults um so i'm not the person that you want to see <laughs> yeah. when, when you go into the courtroom um, believe it or not, though, there is, there is room for compassion and grace, even yeah. in my areas. Yeah. We jokingly refer to me as the Grinch because I, I'm, as I say, not the person you want to see when you come into court. But I, I like to think of myself as being reasonable and compassionate. And that is very much part of, or founded on my faith and, and my beliefs as a Christian. Yeah. Um, as far as being a woman, and and having it all, Emily, it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know that it's possible for man or woman, but yeah, I, I think I have been very blessed. I've been with my firm um, Baker Donaldson, for twenty one years, and I have been it, it. I could get emotional about it, but that is has been a huge part of my great enjoyment of my career because yeah, it's I'm surrounded by, can I say badass?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I say it. I'm surrounded
1: by badass women who inspire me every day and who have been very supportive of my journey. I spent my first 16 years at the firm part-time because I wanted to be home with our son and mm-hmm. and my husband traveled a lot. So something yeah, had to give.
0: Something has to give,
1: yeah. And I happily made that choice, very happily made that choice. And um, when he went to college in 2018, I thought, it's time to go back Full full-time. Yeah. And not only was the firm very supportive of that, but the women in my firm were super supportive of that because we all know how hard it is yeah. to, to try to work full-time and have child or children and get them to sports and make sure that they're being enriched yeah. and getting tutors if need be and that kind of thing. It's just, it's difficult. So it it was, it was a great decision 21 years ago to be Mm -hmm. with this firm
0: and they've been super supportive. I think that um, throughout my career, which it's weird to even refer to my professional life as a career, but I've been doing what I do in some capacity for the last 12 years Mm -hmm and i've always been very i'm i'm now that i can actually track that over the last 12 years i am really grateful and blessed that i've been in professional scenarios where um i'm seen as a whole person and i people my coworkers and my bosses know my the name of my child they care about my kid they care about me as And I mean, maybe that's just because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I can't not be who I am Same. all the time. Like you, you, it, my daughter sometimes has told has told me, she probably doesn't remember it, but she told me a long time ago, one time when I was working from home or she was with me, um, I was taking a call um, and the register of my voice changed and she kind of teased me about that afterward because she was like what what was that what was that and I was like well that's my work voice and we all have yeah and we all have them but I think that I'm very lucky in that I've had um, a supportive uh, professional life but I also know that I am so and and especially now working in the office that I do I work among like some of the most amazing women i have ever i mean bishop phoebe and every other person in our office Uh, yeah elisa kelly Kelly, elise patterson it's just it's some really incredible women who i want to model myself after but i know that i am that that is a privilege and and i mean that kind of throwing shade like i don't i i mean i like i can i can thank God for the fact that I'm where I'm at but that it is not something that most people most women enjoy no at I, all I think that
1: is a very good point and I I hear you because I don't I, I'm biased because I love my firm yeah I, I know that not everyone has that experience and yeah, yeah. I, I I had um you'll love this um I, probably 10 years ago I was going up to the up to my office and we're in the first Tennessee building so i had my rolling briefcase because I had a yeah. zillion things that I yeah. had worked on them probably earlier that morning. But yeah. I'm coming up in the elevator, and there's a, a posse of um, older white men mm-hmm. who were suited up all going in the elevator, too. Mm-hmm. And they looked kind of confused, and I stopped and said, where are y'all going? And they said Baker Donaldson. And I said, oh, great. I, come with, just follow me. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, I, this was, as I say, I was probably 45 at the yeah. time um have on a skirt, maybe a sweater set because I didn't have court that day, heels. Yeah. and my rolling briefcase. And so as I lead the guys onto the elevator, um one of them says, "Oh, you must be our court reporter." <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as the words came out of the guy's mouth, the other three guys were like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you just said that. That was so stupid." Yeah, I I just looked at him and completely deadpan. You're like, him. is this
0: Mad Men? Yeah,
1: seriously, S-
0: I mean, this is like this would have. Been, this is not that long ago. No, <laughs> no.
1: I looked at him and I said, "Be careful when you underestimate people with whom you're around." Yeah, and that was all I said. But I mm-hmm. just at that point, it really I I think I was confident enough in my yeah career and abilities at that point that it didn't make me mad. I thought it was
0: laughable. I mean, I yeah, just, it was yeah. ridiculous. And that's the gift of aging. Yes. I remember probably, uh, it would have been six or seven years ago when, I uh, I was I was a full employee where I was working I was like I I was a critical member of our team and there was a a director in another department who thought that I was an intern and and at the time there was a certain level of insecurity that I still had about like gaining my spot and showing what I was worth and now when incidents they they're fewer and further between now mm-hmm. when I feel like there's a direct not a direct attack but it's just overlooking who I am I'm a lot I have to laugh at it because I mean what yeah you gonna I do you I,
1: laugh and then you show them
0: yeah and also I'm a lot more grateful of it now as I get older that I don't look I don't look as I'm I'm using air quotes. I don't look as old as I am. No, you don't. And well, and, nice. and 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 thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Because I I'm very I'm I'm pleased. Yes, but, definitely. It, but yeah, it's it it's the gift of aging where you're just like and it, and perspective mm-hmm.
1: because I know that guy didn't mean anything. Yeah. It was an offhanded comment. He didn't think about it. But I, all you could do is just laugh. And then, you know what? I went up to my office and I kicked booty and took names for the rest of the day and didn't think about it again. Exactly.
0: That's what you do is is you show them. Right. You show them that you're just as qualified. And then you go out and you record a podcast and you talk about it and you validate the fact that this is happening on a much greater, like this is happening on a much greater scale and at a, mu- and a much higher stakes uh, level all across the United States where women aren't. I mean, it, it's the most basic, like we're not getting, they generally are not paid as much. Right. They are not hired just because, uh, you know, employers think that they might have to, you know, sub- like the, That, oh, no, you're going to have to validate the fact that uh, your new employee is a parent. And if they're the mother, they are more likely. I mean, it's just it's like a statistical truth, like that you're probably going to be the one who takes care of stuff.
1: It is a systemic
0: thing that
1: it's just part of the deal.
0: And you stand up for people who are marginalized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who... So you referred a little earlier, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. You talked a little bit about how your parents were always supportive of everything that you aspired to and wanted to do. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that early life and your early life in Little Rock and what your, what, what did church look like? What did spirituality look like? Um, what are some of the, those touch points that you can trace into your life now that those seeds were planted
1: earlier? You know, it's, I was thinking about this before we we came here this morning um, because, and I, I delved into this somewhat during my EFM class as well, but my my early spirituality was definitely built upon nourished, Everything, yeah, at home. Um, my parents um, <clears throat> both came to well came to their marriage from different faith traditions. My mm-hmm. mom was Methodist, and my dad was kind of a mishmash kind of non denominational mm-hmm. Baptist Church Christ whatever. So they felt like they were kind of meeting in the middle by going to the Episcopal church. So they converted when we're I was... We're good for that, aren't we? We were great for that. We're just a... I mean, we're, we're a big church full of we're mutts. A, we're a haven of mud for, for mutts. I love That's that. That's exactly right. Um, but they converted when we lived in Pine Bluff. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is, of course, where Bishop Roth is from. Yes, yes. Um, and we... My mom was a teacher at Trinity Episcopal in Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. And then we attended church at Grace Episcopal in Pine Bluff. Um so from that as early as I can remember, we always went to church. But then when we moved from Pine Bluff to Little Rock when I was in second grade, we joined St. Mark's Episcopal Church, and that's where my both of my parents were actively involved. My dad was junior warden several
0: times, and my mom was senior warden. Mm-hmm. And so both and of course of them- those are like the kind of lay uh governance uh like positions right it's, it's like it's like the elders of the church or the or the vestry of the church or the church council like those are the leadership the board of directors of the mm-hmm. church yeah. basically um and then senior warden would be the chair and
1: and junior warden would be vice chair um but both of my parents being actively involved um certainly led me to think that that was just
0: it's what you did. What you
1: do, mm-hmm. yeah. If you are getting something from your church, whether it's spiritually, socially, whatever, you give back by serving in leadership positions. And, you know, you pointed out that you grew up in a tradition where there weren't that many women behind the altar. Oh, there
0: were no, it, yeah, there was not
1: a... Particularly in Arkansas in the 70s, yeah. there weren't that many either, but there was a, a female priest named Peggy Bossmeyer who was a rock star? She passed away several years ago of cancer, but she was she was behind the altar, and so there was no question for me. It was just like, well, then women can do this. I mean, yeah, it wasn't even a consideration. That's it was just part amazing. of the deal. Yeah, and
0: that's why representation matters. That is so true, and that is
1: something that I have learned. Not from I have lived it as a woman. Yeah, I yeah. I've I have, I've. But that's something that I have learned and am really actively learning or working to learn more about for people of color and for the LGBTQ yes. community that yes. we we have to have people. You don't know it's a possibility until you see someone doing it, yes. or at least that's the way it works in my brain. Yeah, and same, so same. When, when you see a black female bishop, yeah. suddenly it becomes reality and you think, well sure I can do that yeah absolutely well of yeah. course that's possible
0: yeah absolutely so that
1: the, the my by cradle for my faith was St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Little Rock and then I was loved EYC
0: yeah
1: um was very active in my EYC but also Camp Mitchell's which is the Episcopal yep. camp in in Arkansas mm-hmm. where I met the famous John Denton yeah um we were uh, camp mates uh, at Camp Mitchell, but that that was a huge part of my Christian foundation, and I think that I, I still remember. I can't tell you exactly what age I was, but I still remember where I was when I really felt the Spirit for the first time, and it was at Camp Mitchell. Yeah, um, I, I can I can remember the feeling. I can remember where I was at camp, and you know, in times that that I have needed a little oomph, a little push, a little nudge, a a boost, that's what I go back to in my mind.
0: I always love hearing from people who had those camp experiences. It's not something that I personally have had, but it, it just goes to show, to me at least, it teaches that It's good to explore. It's good to get ourselves out of pocket. And it's good to allow ourselves to not put church and spirituality within the four walls of a building on Sunday morning.
1: Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And the chapel at Camp Mitchell is the perfect Personification of what you're talking about because the it was done the chapel was done by Faye Jones, mm-hmm. um, who is a uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, Wright yeah. protege, yeah. and the chapel is glass out the front or the, the back I guess, and it overlooks the mountain so it's stunningly beautiful and then the sides are open air, yeah. So that is truly you, you know you can come into a church air quotes yeah um, to to feel the spirit, but it is permeous. The walls are, are, are permeable um, and you can experience God anywhere and everywhere. Do you like to travel now? I love to travel. Where, where was? Where do you like to go? I um, took our son to Europe over the summer yeah. for his college mm-hmm. graduation present. And I am headed to Spain in June. Are you serious? For oh my goodness! For the wedding of a uh, Swanee girlfriend's son.
0: Wow. So
1: I'm. I love travel. Wow. It's kind of my jam at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we got to get out.
1: Yes. Especially post. Well, I'm not sure if we're actually post pandemic, but
0: I think we. I think. Uh, well, I'm. I, yeah. I, can we say that yet? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not ready. Uh, I'm. I, I I think we're living we're living in a kind of a purgatory yeah we're living in yes and with that let's go take a break all right yeah and we're back (laughs) thank you so much I want to um reintroduce our guest for today it is my good friend Blair Evans hey Blair hey Emily So um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about your formation and just uh, being uh, a a woman in the world, just getting by, doing the right things. Um, Tell me, I, I feel like the older I get, the more I realize that I am just standing on the shoulders of the people who came before me and I am constantly filling my cup with um, the energy, positive energy, negative energy, sometimes of the people that I surround myself with, um, and and I, and I don't necessarily see that as a good thing or a bad thing. I think that we are impacted by everybody who we come in contact with. But yeah. if I can help it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to attract myself to uh, the people that affirm me and affirm who I know God to be. Um, who I think I know God to be, which is love and openness and kindness. Um, who, what are some of the things that fill your buckets? Who are those, um, uh, shoulders that you might be standing on? Oh gosh. I
1: feel like I have so many and, and that's a, a that's a D- we'll, we'll luxury. Just, for um, sure. will
0: we'll just pretend that like, I've just given you the Oscar and, <laughs> and now you can just, and I can just wax poetic. Yeah, do it, do hours. it, do it, um,
1: I think first and foremost, I, I have a wonderful husband and son who, um, are there for me and supportive and cheer me on and listen to me and let me vent. And they're, they're always there. They're always supportive. They are fantastic. I really yeah. am. I'm so very fortunate in that regard. Um, my son's faith is oh, wow, inspirational to yeah. me. You know, having grown up in the Episcopal Church, and he's done some some exploring. He was very active in Ruf at the University of Tennessee, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, loved that. Mm-hmm. Met his precious girlfriend um, yeah. there, and he has found his way back to the Episcopal Church, which tickles me to no end. Yeah. Um, isn't but,
0: that, Isn't that neat when you when you Choose what you yes uh, you, you can be raised in anything sure but when you choose it after maybe it testing it so much more meaningful that's that's kind of my relationship if it's
1: imposed on yeah. you it's not as meaningful yeah. it, it, it's when you make the choice it's huge so yeah. um both both scott and charlie are um my biggest inspiration. I mentioned my parents. My parents are 81 and 83 and, um, just wonderful. They've been married for 62 years. So great role models there that I adore, um, was with them over the weekend and it was great to be with them and, um, celebrating my niece's wedding. And then I, I have, an embarrassment of riches in terms of friends. I have um, kind of three different friend groups, mm-hmm. um, a group of girls that I went to high school and girls girls we we're 55, but I'm still girls. You're always girls. We're always girls.
0: I, I've hung out with a, my earliest childhood friend over oh. last summer and it's just. You're still girls. We are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, the, I have a group of, of girls from Little Rock that I um, am with regularly. We travel, we live all over mm-hmm. the country now, but We travel to be together regularly, and then I have a group of girls from Swanee that I am with regularly, and then I have um, a group of women from Baker Donaldson, and actually only one of them is still with me at Baker Donaldson. The other two are now in-house at at other places, but I I gain so much energy from the women in my life um, who inspire me, who have taught me how to parent, Mm -hmm. who have taught me how to practice law, um, who have taught me how to be a a, a wife, Um, so many things that without the, I I really cannot imagine, my life is inconceivable without those groups of women who have, who have been such a huge part of me in my formation as a person, as a Christian, as a lawyer, mom, wife,
0: all that. I almost think about the way that you're describing it. It makes me think about how, like when you're having like a party or like something at your home and you are hosting something, but you're in the kitchen and – And, uh, well, maybe that's not a good description because I think that we have a joke that whenever uh, you have a party, everybody ends up in the kitchen. Totally and, true. But, totally true. But for the sake of the analogy, <laughs> um, let's pretend that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and those – and women tend to – and when you are in a ecosystem where women are supporting each other, those are the people who are in the kitchen with you. And they're not – they're – to be seen they are not there to uh the, like it, it, it's the glory exactly it's it comes down to how can we support you how can we make this easier for you let me show you something that i've learned in this trajectory of life um and and i mean that's just kind of how I feel in my life I've been supported by the women in my life. It it is never for show. It is always a hundred percent altruistic. And as I grow into a place where I have riches to share, you know, I mean, not monetary, God help us, <laughs> but I have other stuff. That's the stuff that I want to share, and that's, that's the stuff I want to get. And that's the give. important
1: stuff, anyway.
0: And 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 I think that that's I I feel like that's kind of specific to our little quiet communities of women.
1: I think that may be right. You know, I, 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 our son has has great friends from from high school and from college, um, but what you said about the the completely altruistic, you know, it's the it's the I know someone is a friend when they're when they enter my kitchen mm-hmm. and they're not interested in being in the living room with the crowd or with a crush who's in the dining room yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, when when I'm in the kitchen and I'm fussing over a dish, let's yeah. say, yeah. um it's the women who come into the kitchen to check on me and, yeah. and make sure that I'm okay and see what I need. Or just stand there and cry
0: yeah. with me. Yeah. Um
1: those those are the women that, that are that's a true friend. Yeah. And and I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. Honestly don't know what I did to deserve the the women in my life. They're my friend, crazy you are amazing. you
0: you I think we're singing from the same songbook. Yesterday was International Women's Day, and every year, and it is it boggles my mind. It, every year it sneaks up on me. Every year I'm like, oh, it's International Women's Day. Hey. And I, oh, but it's, it boggles my mind because I feel like I'm always kind of like, it's, it's like maybe a Holy Spirit thing where I'm always in that mindset. I'm always attuned to it. And I, and I get very reflective on the women in my life who, and the friends and the female friendships and, and just mentors who have, Never given up on me, and they have carried me along. And sometimes the words that they have to share are uh, gentle, and they're a balm. And sometimes the words they have to share are, "Girl, you, th- this is silly. Snap out of it. You need to get over it." I have yeah. I have people in my life who have always been that for me. Yeah, and um, yesterday uh on my facebook memories uh it uh popped up on there that this time last year um bishop phoebe was recording a podcast with uh canon stephanie spellers mm-hmm. oh, she's amazing who that we ended up um airing that show later in the summer um but but i was like dang how lucky are we to be surrounded by these people and by these women who are standing up and they are lifting us up and therefore we can go in and lift others up. I, I don't know. I'm kind well, of, then. I'm ha- I'm kind of having like a, like a little like woo woo moment <laughs> over here. I apologize. Well, that goes back though, to what we were saying about representation. I mean, you look yeah.
1: at someone like Stephanie Spellers and, you know, her, her background and how she has risen t- within the church to be such a leader and is such a positive force for positive change. I yeah. mean, she's just, she's one of those people in the, in the church capital C that I, I just greatly admire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. There are a
1: lot of them. And how wonderful that we have women in the church who are in positions of leadership.
0: How wonderful is it that you, I mean, you thought about going to seminary and there was never any like that, that i was just, but it is what it is.
1: It is what it is. And you know, I, so many of my classmates at Swanee did end up going on to seminary. Elizabeth Wheatley, um, who was here at St. Timothy's in and, and, uh, Olive Branch mm-hmm. until just recently. She's now in Jackson. And Kyle Dice, who's married to the Bishop of uh, Mississippi, and she's now taken a position at a church in California. And um, Katie Pearson, who is uh, out in Denver at the cathedral. Yeah. Those are all women that I was at Swanee with. So, yeah. I mean, we, we. it was not only to have happened so recently in mm-hmm. our ch- Childhoods yeah. that women became yeah. more common behind yeah. the altar. Yeah, we took to it. Yeah, we surely did. <laughs> we took
0: to it. I think it's because we were. I mean, sometimes I joke. I don't want to share who I joke with this with because I don't want to get them in any kind of trouble. <laughs> but um, sometimes I joke that like the women were running the church that we've been running the church the whole time. Well, I think, and I think
1: there is some truth to that. Yeah, I think there is some truth to that. And I, and it, frankly. I think any head rector, any rector, would probably agree to that because women have historically been behind the scenes. It's the whole Mary and Martha thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That women have been behind the scenes um, with Alter Guild and, you know, generally leading the Acolytes and that kind of thing. That's not, that's a a gross generalization, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because we certainly have men in Alter Guild and men as Acolyte Masters and that kind of thing. But um, so many times the women, certainly we can do a potluck
0: yeah we heck great, yeah we're great at that. especially here in the south could <laughs> absolutely grief
1: absolutely could grief.
0: Blair what is giving you hope what gives you hope that's what we lead lead uh the closing of the show with I see in
1: my child the my child I say that loosely he's 23 and
0: he's your baby and will always schools, be your you know, baby so he will yeah. always be my
1: baby I hear so much, and we know statistically it's true, that that churches in the U.S. are dying and and across the world. But I see hope for Christianity and for faith in general in my son. He, He has such a strong faith, and he gets so excited when he comes across it. A passage in the Bible, or something that he's reading. He loves the poet Wendell Berry, and he'll send me a quote of Wendell Berry's. And yeah, um, wow, that that kind well of done. enthusiasm for for Christ is what gives me hope for the future.
0: Wow, well, thank you for being that person to raise up young people, and you know, you've you've raised up your own son, but you've also are helping to uh you're you're leaning into that baptismal commitment you know i think that we talk a lot about how uh you know in our uh, baptism uh sacrament liturgy in the episcopal church there's a moment when Pete, when the congregation stands and you promise to help raise up the child or uh if it's an infant baptism um, into, uh, nurturing them into, and helping the parent. And we say those things, but a lot of times, you know, we don't do them, but you're doing it. And, and for that, I, I'm, I'm glad you're in my tribe. <laughs> I'm glad to be in your tribe. Thanks Blair. Thanks Emily. <clears throat> so this has been Faithfully Memphis. Um, I want to thank you Blair for being on the show today. Um, Next week, we are going to have a very, very special show. Um, Bishop Phoebe will be back, um, and she is going to be um, joined remotely with um, Ruthie McLean, who is um, a parishioner at Calvary Episcopal Church. And currently, right now, today and next week, when we have her um, joining us via Zoom, um, she is serving as one of nine delegates from the Episcopal Church to the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. Um, the 67th session is currently underway in New York City um, until March the 17th. And the delegates include school age and university level educators, a former president of the Girls Friendly Society, a former UN staffer who runs her own novel. Um, NGO, um, clergy with social work and pastoral experience, and Ruthie, who is an attorney and um, an enrolled Cherokee Nation member. Um, She is, like I said, um, a member of Calvary Episcopal Church. She is um, the only woman in our diocese and actually the only woman in uh, Province 4, which is the um, sort of region that uh, our Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee is situated in to serve on uh, this committee to the UN. So we are, you know, we were talking earlier with Blair about how representation matters. Um, It means a lot. We're a small diocese in a large province and yet we have um, someone who is, uh, Ruthie, who's standing up and representing uh, women and girls and um, and other marginalized uh, genders um, at the uh, as Episcopalians in this um, uh, as part of this cohort. So she's going to join us on the air next week with Bishop Phoebe, um, and so that that's something you'll certainly want to um, tune in for. Again, my name is Emily Austin from the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee, and this has been Faithfully Memphis. Um, if you could like us on Facebook, follow us, do all the things. We're on all of the social media. Um, if you want to really, really help us, um, you can go into um, Apple Podcasts and like uh, Faithfully Memphis and Share um, or share a positive review that really helps us with all those algorithmy kind of things and helps our show up, show up in people's readers and their podcast players. Um, if you liked what you heard today, share the show. Uh, share it with somebody who you think um, would appreciate what we're doing. Um, and until next time, stay safe and stay positive. Thanks.